All right, and welcome back, beloved. Today we are moving on with the book of Daniel. We're still in chapter 12, and today we're moving on to part three. And I'm just going to be going over one verse today. Now, as you know, I'll be going over tons of other Bible verses, but the one verse from Daniel chapter 12 today is going to be Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, where it says, Many will go to and fro and knowledge will increase. And I want to really unpack that verse and break it down because that is a prophecy. That is a very specific prophecy, and it's actually quite a fantastic prophecy as well. It's very interesting. And so before I do that, let's just do a quick review as I've been trying to do that uh, pretty regularly with you guys. If you remember, as we were coming out of Daniel chapter 11, verse 36, we sort of launched into the future of the tribulation. And what was the sign in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that the tribulation had begun or that we're in the end times? It was the willful king. It was the Antichrist who exalts himself and magnifies himself above every god. We then moved into Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, right, with part 1, and that was talking about that great time where Michael, the archangel, stood up and battled the devil. It was the absolute worst time in human history, and it is describing the tribulation. Then we moved on last week, and we began to talk about the prophecy of the resurrection. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, And finally, that the wise would shine like the brightness of heaven and that they would lead many to righteousness at this time. And we sort of broke that down, how it it specifically is most likely talking about uh, the 144,000 Jews during the tribulation, because this is a prophecy given to Daniel, who's sort of the prophet of the nation of Israel, right? His people is talking about the Jewish people. And so, uh, but there'll be many people during the time of the tribulation, and and we even today should be leading many people to righteousness, and I broke down uh, how that righteousness is the very righteousness of God through faith in Christ. That is what people are preaching now, and we will be preaching that until the second coming of Christ. And so now we sort of have this last verse in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. It's not the end of the book of Daniel, but in a sense, the prophecy starts to come to a culmination now. The angel starts letting him know, like, hey, we're, we're finishing this up, right? And so I just want to read this verse out. It's, he says, as for you, Daniel, so this is the angel giving Daniel the prophecy. He says, as for you, conceal these words. And that word doesn't necessarily mean hide them. It could mean sort of protect them, like conceal them. Then it says, seal up the book until, this is very important, the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. So today we're really going to be talking about many people going back and forth and knowledge increasing. What exactly does he mean? Before I do that, let me just explain the top half of this sentence. So when he says conceal the words and seal up the book, if you look at the end of Revelation 22, it says don't seal the book anymore, like reveal it now, right? So there is a sense in which Daniel was supposed to protect these words, but in 530 BC, 530 years before Christ came, there was no way for this stuff to really be understood. Like what is he talking 
talking about? The dead are going to live again. Like, how does that happen? What's this horrible time of trouble? And so Christ comes, he dies, and he rises from the dead. That explains the resurrection, right? And we hear about his gospel, how we can live eternally as well and have full forgiveness with God. So that explains it there. And then Jesus himself taught much more about the tribulation. That's why I believe Revelation 22 has that command at the end of the Bible. Don't seal it up anymore. Now God wants his word clearly understood by anyone who's willing to hear it. And the concept of concealing those words until the end of time means protect them. Like, like, this prophecy is incredibly important because at the end of time, many people are going to go back and forth and knowledge will increase. And this just doesn't just mean knowledge of engineering and trains and planes and us traveling the globe. The whole idea here is a concept of people going back and forth searching for knowledge. Okay, that's why when Jesus was talking about the end of time in Matthew 24, and he begins to talk about the Antichrist and the signs of the times, he says, let the reader understand regarding the prophecies of Daniel. He assumes people are going to be reading the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation and Matthew and all these things towards the end of time. And this verse ties in really clearly with Daniel chapter uh, 12, verses 9 and 10. The end of Daniel 12, the angel again says, go your way, Daniel. These words are concealed and sealed up until the end time. And that is to say, not that we shouldn't search them and study them, but beloved, there's just no way to get the book of Daniel 100% perfect until the end times come and it becomes incredibly clear, right? And then he goes on to say, many will be purged. That's the whole point of the tribulation, the whole point of why God allows the Antichrist and this brutal time of trouble. It's to purge out the rebels from God's people, from Israel, to purify them as a nation and refine them and refine God's children, right? And then he says, and this verse ties in really good with verse 4, it says, the wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand. But those who have insight, those who have wisdom, will understand, okay? So Daniel chapter 12, verse 10 sort of mirrors Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. But instead of saying, uh, conceal them up until the end time, uh, many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase, he says the wicked are not going to understand but the wise are going to understand. And so this, this sentence here, many will go to and fro and knowledge will increase. There's essentially two main schools of thought on it. Some people really believe in the last two or 300 years, trains and planes and automobiles and spaceships, right? Like that is fulfilling the prophecy. We can go all over the world now and find information. Um, and knowledge will increase. Everyone sort of agrees that has to do with the prophetic knowledge. At the time of the end, people will be fascinated with scripture. I believe whether you're born again or not, whether you hate God or love God, in the end times, you're going to be interested in the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. There are many cult groups right now that are very interested in the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. Mormons uh, get eschatology quite right. They, I've, I've spoken to some Mormons who have a fascination with the book of Revelation, and they seem to understand it. That doesn't mean they love God or, or love Christ or have a right relationship with him. But as the world starts to go south really quick, I believe the, the proper interpretation when it says many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase— 
It has the idea of like searching frantically for information. There's some other texts I'm going to bring this up. I don't believe this is traveling the world trying to figure it out. I believe it's going to be going to scripture, asking people, looking to religious groups, whatever it is. People are going to be fascinated with the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation in the end times. And beloved, I've got a I've got a picture here. I hope you're watching. This is what I really find fascinating. Before I bring up all these other scriptures that are fascinating, you know, in the last 100 years, there's been more interest in Bible prophecy than ever, than at any other time in human history, specifically end times Bible prophecy, um, specifically with the establishment of the state of Israel. Ever since Israel became a nation, yes, there has been a, a fascination with Bible prophecy, both historically, prophecies that have been fulfilled, and eschatologically, prophecies about the end time, the end of the world, the second coming of Christ. And whenever something kind of shakes the world and goes really bad, people tend to get more and more interested in Bible prophecy. During the coronavirus recently, uh, you know, millions of people, Bible prophecy was getting really, really popular. People were searching for answers. Um, and unfortunately, that can be good and bad. Uh, there are many cult groups. In fact, eschatology, the study of end times Bible prophecy, is the playground of cult groups. You will find more cult groups twist and perverting the scriptures of Daniel and the scriptures of Revelation and eschatological scriptures than you will find in any cult group. Like that, it really is true. The book of Revelation is the playground of cult groups. However, that doesn't mean we should not read the book of Revelation. The Bible says, blessed is the one who reads it. There's two or three blessings that encourages Christians to read it. Um, in fact, one could almost make the argument that because the devil understands God's prophetic witness is so powerful, he motivates and encourages cult groups to twist and pervert those words, because one day it will be so clear that they're being fulfilled uh, that he will want all these long-established cult groups and false theologies and false doctrines so that he can combat it. Uh, but regardless, many have gone to and fro, and knowledge has increased. Now, that doesn't mean that's being fulfilled. I believe this verse is specifically talking about during the tribulation. But here's another thing that I think is fascinating. I, I looked up some statistics, okay, and these are rough estimate statistics, but they're generally agreed upon. And this is what I find absolutely amazing. When when we look at the signs of the times, when when we look and we we you know we we want to see Jesus coming back, I certainly want him to come back yesterday. I can't wait for my Lord to come back. There are some signs that I find more interesting than others. You know, this verse says at the time of the end, many will go to and fro and knowledge will increase. And I believe it's specifically talking about the prophecies of Daniel, the prophecies of Revelation, and all the prophecies of Scripture, but really honing in on that book of Daniel. And, and literally, what I find amazing about how fast knowledge travels now is through smartphones, computers, and televisions. I've got a picture on here with some stuff to break down for you guys. There's approximately six to seven billion smartphones in the world right now. Uh, there's 2 billion computers and there's 1.5 billion televisions. But, but what's even more incredible than that is how fast information travels now. Did you know the first iPhone wasn't even released until 2007? That's like 15 years ago. It wasn't until like 10 or 12 years ago that they even got popular. And now everyone in the modern world has a smartphone. The first personal computer 
was less than 50 years ago. That's what just blows my mind. There are so many Bible prophecy sermons and books and and uh, you know um, podcasts, you name it. But uh, 50 years ago, there was no television. The first TV was in 1927. Uh, the first personal computer was 50 years ago. The first TV was in 1927, less than 100 years ago. Beloved, I want you to open up your eyes to the times that we live in. 100 years ago, there were no TVs, no computers, and certainly no smartphones. 100 years ago, you only had two ways to digest the Word of God. You could hear a faithful preacher, which there were few, (laughs) or you could read a Bible. Like, that's it. That's all you had. You had no access. And so I've got a picture of an iPhone here with a Bible app on it. If you're like me, you're listening to sermons all the time. You're listening to them in your car. You're listening to them while you walk around. You can listen to the audio Bible now. You can read the Bible. You can read the Bible on your phone 24-7-365. The amount of access we have to biblical knowledge now is almost frightening because to him who has much, much will be required, the Bible says. However, when we talk about these signs of the times, yes, it is incredible that just 15 or 20 years ago, nobody had a smartphone. Now everybody has them. And and with COVID and everything going on in the world, prophetic knowledge is spreading fast. But I believe at the time of the end, at that that great cataclysmic tribulation, when you know one fourth of of the world dies within the first few years of the tribulation, Revelation six says that people are going to be more frantically going to and fro and searching, searching uh, for something, some sort of answers. And so I want to bring up some Bible verses. I believe they're clearly, uh, at least my opinion, they are eschatological, talking about the end times, talking about when Israel is judged and then Israel is restored. And they tie in very specifically with this. They even talk about people going to and fro and knowledge increasing. Amos chapter 8, it's clearly talking about judgment for Israel. It says, the Lord is sworn by the pride of Jacob. I will not forget his deeds. The pride of Israel, they they have transgressed. God is saying, I will not forget that. It does appear he begins to speak about the end of days. It says it will come about in that day, declares the Lord God. I will make the sun go down at noon and I will make the earth dark in broad daylight. Um, You know, he talks about, I'll turn your festivals into mourning. It's going to be a time of Jacob's trouble, a great time of trouble for the nation of Israel. And then he says, and this verse ties in perfectly with Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread and not thirst for water. You'll have your bread, you'll have your water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. Oh, that is terrifying. Do you understand the sovereignty of God when, you know, right now we live in the day of patience and salvation, but when that closes, when God's patience is over and his wrath comes, he will send a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. He says, people will stagger from sea to sea like a drunken man, confused. And from the north to the south, they'll stagger around. They will go to and fro. And I'm not a Hebrew expert, but I just looked at it on Bible Hub. I believe that's the exact same word, to and fro, to seek the word of the Lord. But, and this is terrifying, they will not find it. 
You see, this, this is terrifying when you really understand. And I find these verses fascinating when we learn about the behavior of people during the tribulation and during these prophecies. Uh, they will go to and fro seeking the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. They will seek knowledge, but they, will, they, they, they won't find it. it. It says here in Amos chapter 8, it's talking about judgment. It's talking about that group of Israel that is not saved, right? Amos chapter 9, and, and I'm only showing you these verses to show you how they're so similar to Daniel 11 and 12. There's a time of great trouble for Israel. There's great judgment for Israel. People will seek the word of the Lord. They'll go to and fro, but they won't find it. And then boom, there's restoration. There's salvation for Israel, for that one-third that Zechariah talked about. It says, Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom. I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Nevertheless, I will I will not totally destroy the house of Jacob, declares the Lord. He's saying, I'm going to destroy the rebels. I'm going to purge out the rebels. That's the whole point of the tribulation. But I won't totally destroy Israel. God always promises to preserve a remnant. And then at the end of Amos chapter 9, it's so clearly talking about the millennial kingdom after Christ has come back and a restoration. He says, I'll restore the captivity of my people, Israel. They'll rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They'll plant vineyards. They'll drink wine, their gardens, and they'll eat their fruit. The Bible is full of these end times promises for Israel that just sound amazing. You're going to make gardens. You're going to eat fruit. I will plant them on their land, and they will not be again rooted out from their land, which I have given them, says the Lord God. These promises are amazing. Now that Israel is back in their land, but they're still disobedient. They're not in Christ yet. Uh, Christ has not come back. The time of Jacob's trouble, the tribulation has not happened. There will be a final scattering and a final holocaust beyond our imagination, and the rebels will be purged out, and many will seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. But after all of that, the remnant will return. God will bring them back. They will make gardens. They'll eat in them. They'll drink wine. They'll rejoice, and they will not again be uprooted from their land. Uh, these prophecies are clear. There is another prophecy in Isaiah, and once again, Isaiah 24 through 30, there's so much eschatological end times language there, beloved. It's, it's incredible. Can't be dogmatic about all of this, but look again, we see the same thing happening. God's wrath in concealing in that they cannot understand his prophecy, and then God's mercy, and they can see it. They, God opens up their eyes, and, and they, they get that knowledge that they're seeking to and fro. Listen to these verses. It says, the Lord has poured over you a spirit of deep sleep, a delusion. He shut your eyes, the prophets, and he's covered your heads, the seers. And then he says, the entire vision will be to you like the words of a sealed book, just like Daniel's book was sealed, which when they give it to the one who is literate, somebody is able to read and they say, can you read this? And he says, I can't read it. It is sealed. And so God is saying here, this is wrath. This is God saying, I've poured over you a deep spirit. You've rejected the truth. So now you're not going to get it. There's a famine of the word of the Lord. It doesn't matter if you're looking right down at a Bible. It is the spirit that gives life. And it is the spirit that interprets the word of God. Isaiah then goes on to say, once again, here that, that was the judgment of Israel. Now look, restoration. Is it not yet just a, a little while before Lebanon, the land of Israel, will be a fertile field, and the fertile field will be considered a forest? On that day, the deaf will hear words of a book. What book? The Bible, the Word of God. 
and out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. That spirit of deep sleep will be gone. They will understand. It says, the afflicted will increase their gladness in the Lord, and the needy of mankind, of the Gentiles and Jews, all the needy, the afflicted one, the humble that Jesus said will inherit the earth, they will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. So, beloved, I'm trying to get you to understand when we're talking about Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, it's fascinating. It's talking about the behavior of the people as we get towards the end times, but really more so in the tribulation. They will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. And the book of Amos says they'll they'll seek the word of the Lord, but they won't find it because there will be a... a, Excuse me, the words are escaping me now, of course. Uh, They will seek the word of the Lord and they will not find it. There will be a famine of the word of the Lord. And then Isaiah says that people will want to understand it, but they won't because they'll be under a delusion, okay? And so they will be going back and forth. Knowledge will be increasing. For the godly, they will understand what's going on. But for the wicked, they will probably fall into a trap of false religion. The Bible says there will be a a mysterious form of religion at the time of the end, Mystery Babylon. They will fall into the trap of worshiping the Antichrist, and that is because they don't desire the true Christ. Now, many people will be saved out of the tribulation. Those are the ones for for their spiritual knowledge will increase, not just their understanding and and you know regular knowledge or worldly knowledge. They will have spiritual wisdom. And it says, you know, in Revelation 7, we talked about this last week, there are ones who come out of the great tribulation and they wash their robes and they make them white in the blood of the Lamb. They're genuinely saved out of the great tribulation, both Jews and a myriad of the nations, myriad of Gentiles. And so I just drew together a couple verses from Revelation so you can see the salvation and the damnation. I want you to see both sides of it. I want you to see the behavior of both sides of it. Look at the behavior of the godly. There's a great earthquake. I believe this is in Israel. A tenth of the city falls. 7,000 people are killed, and there's a great earthquake, and the rest are terrified, and they gave glory to the God of heaven. I believe that there's many people coming out of the great tribulation saved. I believe as the judgments of God fall, people will repent and believe the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. By the fear of the Lord, a man turns away from iniquity. So there is a point of the tribulation. It's not just God's wrath. It's also his grace and that he's warning humanity of how terrifying his eternal wrath is. And many are going to, as you see in this verse right here, give glory to the God of heaven. But beloved, it does not matter how much truth is right in front of your eyes. It doesn't matter how much you understand Bible prophecy, okay? Jesus did ministry for three years, and Judas still sold him for 30 shekels of silver. Like, you have to be born again. You cannot just acknowledge there's a God. You cannot just acknowledge there's a God and that the Bible tells the future. None of that. You have to be born again. Look at this, Revelation 16 appears to be the very end of the tribulation, the very end. You have the bowls of wrath. I mean, everything in Revelation has already happened. And look at this. One of the bowls of wrath is God uh, pours out a bowl on the sun and it scorches men with fire. And so the sun is heated up and men are scorched with fierce heat. And it says they blaspheme the name of God. Uh, that word means curse. They curse the name of God who has the power over these plagues. They did not repent. 
they would not repent so as to give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became darkened, and they gnawed their tongues because of the plain, and they blasphemed. They cursed the God of heaven because their pains and their, and their sores. They did not repent of their deeds. The Bible is saying it is the repentance that gives God glory. It is turning away from our sin and turning back to God through faith in Christ, trusting him as the sacrifice for our sins. Revelation 16, the last verse goes on to say the final bowl before the, the final, excuse me, the final judgment bowl, essentially, where it's a clear judgment. I believe this is the sixth bowl, but that's not important for my point. The bottom line, there's a bowl, there's wrath, massive hailstones fall out of the sky, about 100 pounds each, and they come down from heaven and men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail, because its plague was extremely severe. Oh, beloved, this is terrifying when you understand this, that it doesn't matter how much truth is in front of you. The problem is our heart. It's not that we don't know there's a God. It's that we want nothing to do with him. And so you have to be born again. You need the spirit of God to rightly interpret the words of God. First Corinthians chapter two says, a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God. Their foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Proverbs chapter one talks about us hating knowledge. It says it's it's literally wisdom speaking to you. In Proverbs one, wisdom it says shouts in the street, lifting up her voice in the square at the head of the noisy street. She's calling people to be wise, and this is the message of wisdom. How long, O oh naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools, this is key, hate knowledge. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not that we're ignorant of God or just don't understand. It's we hate knowledge. That is the human condition. Nobody seeks God. Fools hate knowledge. But then here's the gracious call of God to return to him. Wisdom says, turn to my reproof, repent, turn away from sin, turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Beloved, that verse is so important. It's so important for right now, and it's so important for the end times. The doctrine of man's responsibility, the doctrine of repentance. Yes, I believe God is sovereign. I believe you must be written in the book of life, but I also believe Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I believe he said, anyone who comes to me, I will not cast out. So I understand that's a mystery, but we must preach repentance. You must repent and you must believe. And only after you do that will God pour out his spirit and make his words known to you. You see, all throughout Revelation, it doesn't say, and people just couldn't figure out that Jesus was the true Messiah. And people just couldn't figure out that the book of Revelation and Daniel was true. No, it says they would not repent. They refused to repent. The word of the cross, the gospel, the most important gem of the Bible is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And so you have to understand at the end times, Jesus warned about false religion. He warned about deception. As soon as he was asked, he said, be careful that you are not deceived. As soon as he started talking about the end times, he said, be careful that you're not deceived. And he begins to talk about this. He says, people are going to say, behold, here, here's the Christ or, or there he is. And he says, do not believe them. 
false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect, even the chosen children of God. Now, I don't believe that's actually possible. I just believe that they might lead them astray for a little bit, or it might look as if they're leading uh, astray the children of God. I don't think they will actually deceive the children of God. That's why I think the if possible is there. But Jesus warned about this. Think about it, beloved. If many are, are going to and fro, and many are seeking knowledge, and they're staggering around and seeking the word of the Lord, not finding it, it doesn't mean they're not reading the Bible. It means they're reading the Bible self-righteously. They're trying to figure out how to get what they want and end up in heaven. Or they're trying to figure out how to beat or conquer the Antichrist. You know, that breaks my heart. I see many cult groups, and in a sense, the motivation to start my ministry was because one day I was listening to a podcast, it sounded pretty decent, and all of a sudden they tried to sell me a book where you could figure out how to outsmart the Antichrist, and if you did that, you wouldn't end up in hell. I mean, it was just absurd, and I was so angry, and I I mean, really, from that, I, I started my ministry just a few weeks later, and so... Many people are going to be seeking to and fro. They're going to want knowledge, but they're just going to want their own way. And they're going to think the Bible is like a how-to book and try and figure out. They're going to know it's true, but they will not submit. They will not repent. They just will not. And it's heartbreaking. And so Jesus says, behold, I've told you all this in advance. He, He goes on to say, if they say he's in the wilderness, don't go out. They say he's in the inner rooms. Don't believe them. He says, when I come back, it will be like lightning coming from the east and flashing to the west. You won't miss him. Paul talked about this in 2 Thessalonians. In fact, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is really sort of like the the great chapter on the Antichrist, right? It's very clear. And it says, when, when he comes, it's with all the deception of wickedness. He will have his own Bible. He will twist and pervert scripture. It's with all deception of wickedness. There will be such a delusion. And before he comes... And I hate saying this, I only say it because it's true. There will be a great falling away, a massive rebellion. And from that, the Antichrist will come with all deception of wickedness. Humanity is going to get to a point where we want anything but Christ. And as a judgment, the Antichrist will be revealed. It says, you know, this deception and wickedness is for those who perish. It's not for the born again, it's not for those saved because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. And so for this reason, God sends upon them a deluding influence. There is a delusion coming because we reject Christ. And so this delusion comes from God as wrath because we've already rejected Christ. And so if you've already rejected Christ, and then the Antichrist comes and you realize you're probably wrong, you're not reading the Bible with the Spirit. Many people are going to search to and fro, and they're just looking for a how to get out of this mess book. They're not looking to submit their lives to the Lord. They're not looking to repent and give Him glory. And so this deluding influence comes so that they will believe what is false. They'll be losing their minds in order that they may all be judged because they did not believe the truth, They took pleasure in wickedness. Beloved, Jesus said this several times about when he is revealed, about the second coming of Christ. He says it'll be like the days of Noah in the days of the Son of Man. They're going to be eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah had entered the ark, the flood came and destroyed them all. And it was the same as it happened in the days of Lot. They're eating, they're drinking like Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody's eating and drinking. They're having a good time. They're buying, they're selling, they're planting, they're building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. 
It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. And it, you might see a little paradox there. How on earth is that possible? It's going to be like World War III. It's going to be absolute terror. I don't fully understand this. That's because nobody's searching for God. So no matter how bad it gets, people are just going to want to establish their little millennial kingdom on earth. People are just going to want to establish their little paradise on earth. So no matter how bad it gets, people are going to try their best to just live their lives. Oh, they might search the scriptures. They might read the Bible a bit. They might uh, want a little bit of righteousness to help their conscience for when they, they see the inevitable doom coming, but they will not repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I do believe God is sovereign and he grants repentance, but look at what Jesus said about our responsibility. We are all responsible to acknowledge the truth and repent and believe in Jesus. Jesus looked right at the, right at the Pharisees and he said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And, and these are they that testify about me. All scripture points to Jesus. But he says, you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. Beloved, you need to make sure that you've gone from just believing the Bible is true. You need to make sure that you have truly came to Jesus and, and that you are given life, that you're given eternal life life. That is so important. He says, you have the scripture. Scripture's good. I love scripture. I love the Bible. That's great. But you need the spirit. God will be worshiped and he will be worshiped in spirit and truth. I read the whole Bible without being saved. I read the prophecies of Jesus without being saved. I read the end times prophecies. I thought they were all true. And beloved, I didn't have the spirit. And my ministry is meant to call out to people that have a form of godliness, but have denied the power we need to examine ourselves. We need to test ourselves and make sure that we have gone to Jesus and that we have life. He goes on to say, I, uh, you know, I don't receive glory from men. I know that you don't have the love of God in yourselves because then you would love his son, Jesus. And he says, I've come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, I believe that is the Antichrist, you will receive him. So we see that the scripture is important and the gospel is important. It's revealed in scripture, but you have to go to Jesus. That way you might have life. And if you do not, another will come in his own name one day and you will receive him, even though you might search the scriptures. And so it's a sad verse when we understand the depths of it. But, but at the end times, many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. And some will wash their robes and make them white in the blood of the lamb. But others, they'll fall victim to false religion, they'll fall victim to the Antichrist, and they'll be a victim in the sense that they'll be deceived, but they'll also be responsible. It all goes back to the Garden of Eden. Yes, Adam and Eve were taken advantage of by the devil. They were deceived. However, it was a willful deception. They, they, they rejected the truth, and so they fell for the lie. And so we are responsible we must repent. We must believe. We must make sure that we have came to Jesus and we have life. And that way, no false religion, no false teacher, and in the end, no false uh, antichrist or false Christ or false prophet could deceive us because it's about knowing Jesus. It's about being in Christ and making sure that you have received the grace of God through faith in Christ. And so many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. I hope you have a better understanding of that verse now. Have a great day.